one. Welcome to the 15th episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. My name is Dan Mulligan. I'm here joined by Pujix live from Canada. Hey there, my man. How's it going? Hey there, my man. How are you? Life is wonderful. And we have another guest. This is his first time on this show. And he, we actually had his brother on here for a few episodes, uh, basically. And now we have him as well. So, Ishan, how are you, my man? Hey, guys. Morning. It's a uh, red morning in Toronto. That's right. Very well. And Ishan, it's your first time here. So for those of our listeners who might not know you, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself, your background, education, that kind of stuff. Oh, well, I attended school at the University of Toronto. Um, I actually majored in biotechnology. Uh, Always been passionate about genes and and that kind of cool stuff that we see in the movies. Wow. Um, One question, first of all, uh, what is exactly biotechnology? It sounds really fancy, by the way. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that uh, has happened is that biotechnology is pretty much the intersection of biology mixed with a bunch of other disciplines like chemistry and physics. That's right. And also technology. And when I talk about technology, it's just using computational power. Mm-hmm. And that's where the powerful term biotechnology came about. Interesting. And Ishan, why did you choose to become uh, basically an expert in this field? Why biotechnology? I think it was something uh, really small, but, but, but when I was in like grade four or three, we had a science field trip, but we actually ended up extracting the DNA of a banana. Wow. And I was like, this is really cool. So Extracting the DNA of a banana. I mean, that's just pretty cool. Think about it. You guys probably love bananas so much. But overall, <laughs> it's great to have you guys here. And today's topic, because we have Ishan on board, and that's uh, basically his field of expertise, is genetic modification and editing our genes. So it's a very fancy and technical topic, and I think it's going to be wonderful. Let's start first with Pujix. So Pujix, how do you define genetic modification and editing the genes? Right. I mean, based on my knowledge of the area, you basically have the ability, well, or we we already do, but then it's again, it's an ongoing project, of course, but then we have the ability to make modifications in the genes. For example, if there are negatives or downsides in the genes that are causing problems, um, we can fix them. It already happens in, as we know, GMO, genetically modified um, organisms, which we use in foods and the seeds of the foods. So, for example, when they're growing, they you don't need pesticides because wow. the they just have them inherently in their their genes. So yeah, it's a it's a very interesting uh, top is um, area, uh, and obviously it has both sides, positives and negatives. Fantastic. Talk about interesting. And Sean, what is genetic modification from your perspective? Well, from my perspective, it's just playing around with the genome, and the genome itself is essentially really complicated code that's been built in every living organism. But the reason we are trying, scientists and researchers have been trying to do it is if we see an issue, what can we do about it by actually trying to fix that code? And that has actually given us the power to alternate it and, you know, help fix the problems that show up a lot in the medical field or even in agriculture, for example. Interesting. Very nice. So uh, one question from both of you first, Pujix, is this thing uh, just for like, let's say, fruits and vegetables and crops, or we can apply this to every living organism, including human beings? Well, th- theoretically, you can, uh, you know, uh, uh, edit everything because, first of all, like more than more, we have shared DNA with more than seventy, like, sorry, more than seventy percent of our DNA is shared with most organisms on this planet. So wow. it's not much different when you go to the DNA molecule in that sense. But then, so so yeah, eventually we can edit anything theoretically. 
Interesting. Sean, what do you think about uh, genetic modification in things outside of crops and vegetables and stuff like that? So one of the things that I really wanted to shed light on was the, the, the you know, the misinformation that a lot of the movies, the sci-fi movies have created about genetic modification. You know, you'd see this evil scientist, you know, creating a modified clone or something that will just uh, take over the whole world. Wow. So I wanted to show that ge- genetic uh, modification is not about that. So, Sean, let me ask you a question. Can we actually modify the genome of a live human being or this has to happen in, the, in I don't know, in conception or before birth? What is your perspective? So the thing that happens with these kinds of complex genetic editing is that it requires a lot of approval from the appropriate authorities, which means that these run through something called clinical trials. Mm-hmm. And because we haven't had the technology that can actually modify the human genome effectively until like last year, a couple of years ago, with a technology called CRISPR, which I'll talk about in a little bit, we've actually had the first human clinical trials to treat diseases like sickle cell anemia and beta thalassemia. Wow. This year. The things are slowly starting to take off. But again, the reason I was stressing that it has taken so long for something like that to happen is the potential danger that if something goes wrong, it could actually impact the volunteers or the clinical patients wrongly. So it's really important to have the right technology in place first before we can kick off these kind of things. Interesting. We're going to talk in detail about like the legal aspect of it and the moral aspect of it. But for now, one just quick question to you. Like if somebody right now comes to, let's say this, let's say there's no issue with the permission and whatnot and all the facilities are available, can somebody walk into this laboratory and like change his or her appearance? I don't know, change the hair color or the eye color or I don't know, some physical aspects. Is it possible, do you think, to do that, to actually walk in and just change your body and your appearance by, uh, you know, changing your genes? So something really cool that actually has come out recently is you could actually alter the genome of a baby that's yet to be born in conception. And what this could potentially allow for parents in the future is actually to alter babies or what we call designer babies. I'm not sure if you wow. guys Wow, designer baby. Like what is it exactly? Like you literally designed the shape and the looks of your baby? Essentially, you could select for the genes that you're looking for in your baby. So if, if blue eyes is something that you really like in your baby, you could actually pick your baby to have blue eyes or wow. that kind of nose and stuff like that. I know it sounds a little, you know, oh, will this actually be a thing? But designer babies is actually a concept that's been coming up. And as wow. for changing yourself, you could actually, uh, what, what what's happening right now is we're trying to use this genetic editing to first target diseases. Because a lot of single single gene mutations have caused a lot of diseases. But yeah, if you'd like, you could alter things like, hey, if I feel like I want to alter the straight of mine where I like to have, let's say, a different hair color or something. Potentially, if you do it the right way with the genetic editing tool, you could actually modify things like things like these. Wow. Okay, That's I amazing. have a question for you. You, for know, sure. you know what? Um, I, there's, there's a very bad disease. It's called um, uh, male pattern baldness. Can we solve them? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Come yeah, on, who yeah. just You look friggin' sexy when you're shaved. Come on, man. It's a new style. Leave me down on that one. Bald is a I new sexy. Of course. But seriously, like, that's a yep. good question. Uh, do you think, Ishan, it's possible to, like, let's say, get your hair back or something or other stuff? Let's say allergy. Like, I know a lot of my friends who are from, you know, different types of allergies and stuff. Can we fix those things live via this uh, genetic modification? Yes. So once again, it's about optimizing the technology that I was talking about that's really coming into light for the past few years. 
And once that happens and once, you know, these trials go well and people get more confidence in this technology, we do have the power to make a lot of alternations. Wow. That being said, there's consistent and constant research happening in the field, which is awesome because our scientists won't let us down without proper results. That's quite amazing, actually. That's right. There's a lot of, I think, progress to be made in this field, and I totally agree with this regard. Of course, it's still a very hot new field that requires a lot of development, but I'm pretty sure the possibilities are enormous here. So let's now talk about this issue from both a legal as well as a social and moral perspective. So Pujiks, what do you think about this issue? I mean, do you think this uh, whole genetic modification uh, as well as things such as cloning might actually be uh, okay to be legalized or it should just be kept uh, basically illegal? Because now, as uh, Sean mentioned, there are a lot of problems with respect to getting like permissions and whatnot and court order. So what do you think of about this issue from a legal perspective? Right. Of course, at this point, my my point of view on it is that, yes, it's not really uh, – I mean, it, it is tested, but it's it, like people are not really comfortable enough with it to give, you know, mass mass stream, you know, permission. So you've got to be go very meticulous about it. This thing, if this happens, that happens. This guy approves it, that guy approves it. So it makes sense at this point. Of course, there is barriers there because of it, but I can understand the reserve of people. But eventually, I think, yeah, you should – it should become a legal thing, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure there's going to be lots of counter arguments, especially from uh, like uh, more religious avenues that are going to have, uh, you know, uh, reserves about these things. They're not going to feel comfortable no matter what because of their beliefs, which I understand. I, I want to respect everybody. But in my opinion, there's nothing uh, extremely wrong about it until we find something potentially. I don't know that, but I highly doubt it. The, the, the amount of research done suggests that this thing will become a mainstream in the future. Fantastic. So uh, we're going to uh, come back to the moral argument in a moment about the whole religious thing. Let's move on now to Ishan. From a legal point of view, first of all, why are there so many uh, bureaucracies and paperwork involved in this process and why it's currently uh, so difficult to get these permits? Oh, well, one of the things that has happened in the past in research and medical related research is uh, because of the lack of permission, um, there was a lot of things that actually went wrong when the patient would just be administered a drug without the permission of the patient itself. And the next thing you know that these patients are not alive anymore or there's a serious allergic reaction or a serious reaction that the body can't handle. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about in the past, I'm talking about like, 50, even 50 years ago. That's right. Um, there's also a really famous book about Henrietta Lacks, where she was a, a black American woman who was who was su- subject to a bunch of medical tests without her permission. Wow. So things 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 like these happen even as early like as 30, 40 years ago, which is not a long time ago, to be honest. Interesting. So what has happened now is with a bunch of strict regulations has actually made these scientific experiments a lot more transparent and it also allows the scientific community and people outside to have a lot more trust in the results. So you're saying that the current legal obstacles are predominantly about that research stage where they're not quite sure about the outcomes. However, if this uh, entire thing leaves that research state and becomes more commercialized, then probably there will be less and less and fewer and fewer legal obstacles ahead. Definitely, yeah. And that, that involves a lot of, uh, you know, getting these kind of companies to be interested in the research. And the good thing is that gene editing is being picked up by a lot of pharmaceuticals. There's a lot more startups and therapeutic companies that are starting to show up. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But it's very, sen- 
it's essential that these companies are regulated in the sense that they follow a strict sense of protocol and they're not doing anything against the law. Just because we want the trust to be maintained there. Interesting. Very good. Very good. So now let's move on to the moral arguments. Of course, we just mentioned a little bit about this, but now let's dive deeper. So Pujix, isn't gene modification uh, playing God? And isn't that like against morality and ethics? Well, I mean, my morality, no. I mean, even if you pay, do play God, I mean, like we play God already. We, we basically, we, with technology, we have put... Uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of parts of our life, our, of our evolution on leash. We kept a lot of our weaker people alive because of their diseases they had. We created this, uh, societies that can uh, keep us secure. So we are uh, playing God, we, but we are just playing, moving from playing with little, little G God, like small, uh, lowercase G God to a uppercase G God, meaning wow. like the omniscious kind of God. Oh so my it's, goodness. it's just, a, so my point is our, our level of Godness is improving and with, as, a, as with everything else. That is true. My point is we're always, we have always tried to play God as we progress, uh, which is all about the control. We, we wanted control over ourselves, over our society, over our environments, over our diseases. And I don't see, personally, I don't see what is wrong with that. But I can understand if you have a, you know, uh, specific beliefs that the genes and DNAs only has to be, um, you know, monitored by, uh, higher power, an omniscious power. I understand that argument, but in my perspective, there's nothing wrong with that. Fantastic. Let's move on to Sean. So is there any uh, moral argument against gene modification? So, well, I think Puya actually, Pujik's making a great point about this whole moral argument. And there are actually not one, but many, many arguments against gene. I think, uh, and, and I said that one of the reasons for that is there's a lot of misinformation about it. You know, people assume that whenever we talk about gene editing, which is trying to do something horrible, create, you know, different clones that are going to take over the world or something. Mm-hmm. So I want to highlight that that's actually not true. Science is not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the moral arguments against gene editing, as I said, as you mentioned, is about playing God. For me personally, it's about the fact that we need to make sure that the technology is foolproof. And when I say being foolproof is because playing with the human genome is not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Or in the, the matter, any kind of genome, just because our genetic code is actually a really complicated code. That's right. It's not as simple as it seems. And we need to make sure that the technology is viable. And more importantly, that it doesn't cause any sort of damaging effects to the human or any sort of animals that we're trying to do the gene editing on. Wow, quite amazing in that regard. So uh, let's now talk about the future of gene modification, because in the Beyond the Present podcast, we have that, you know, a knack for futurism. So let's talk about how this whole gene modification will be applied to our future societies 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now. One question that I have right now from both of you is about how it can impact, uh, let's say, things such as aging or even immortality or something. So, Pujis, what do you think about this issue? How do you think gene modification? I mean, a lot of the things... You- that you, we couldn't even imagine are now a part of our daily lives. We're now, uh, we moved from an era where internet was a dial-up thing. You had to wait for hours to download like two kilobytes, and now it's in our pocket every single day. So how do you think gene modification will be applied uh, and Im- embedded in our lives in the future societies decades from now? 
Yeah, I mean, um, my main interest personally is when we can actually, you know, cure genetic diseases which are carried through our uh, genes, which that, that's my personal interest. Of course, it goes to become commercialized, as Ishan mentioned, like designer babies, you want blue eyes, etc. Uh, or, or you want to, you know, uh, do f- fun stuff. But my my interests are two areas. One is uh, one are diseases, which of, of course it should be important. Probably it is important to everybody. Uh, second part that is uh, very interesting to me is, as you mentioned, the idea of aging and, and immortality. Uh, I, I leave the feasibility of it to Ishan because he's the expert on, uh, on the area. But then, uh, like, I'm super excited for that. So I'm not saying more immortality per se, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be able to extend our life. If we can solve a lot of our disease uh, diseases in our genomes, then we have the potential to live much, much longer. Interesting. So, Sean, how do you think about the implication of basically gene modification about uh, our lives in the future societies and also what uh, we just mentioned about this whole aging? Could there be anything done about it via this uh, gene modification? So firstly, what I'd like to see in the future for sure is, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned that before, is that we're doing a lot of uh, these gene editing on things like even mosquitoes. And why I mentioned mosquitoes is what they've been trying to do is make these mosquitoes to not become so infectious as they are right now. So imagine having mosquitoes like stop infecting things. So you might see the dip of a lot of diseases that you see in the developing world. Like malaria, so for example. That, that, for example, that, and that would be awesome if, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years, all the, the whole world's getting rid of these kind of things that actually eat up billions of dollars every year in health aid and, you know, governmental funding. Wow. What, what, so definitely livestock agriculture is something where I like to see gene editing grow a lot. And as, as Pujix mentioned, curing diseases would be awesome. And when it goes for aging, I definitely do see a future where we might be able to fix around things and that can prevent aging, you know. And uh, I'm sure that is probably not the top of the priority list for researchers right now because we have like 5,000 odd diseases that are just caused by gene mutations for now. Wow. So they're definitely looking into that. But that would be awesome if we can have a lot more private companies coming up and doing research on how gene editing could actually help with aging. Interesting. Great point. Great point. So since we're talking about the, I think we all in this uh, basically program are for uh, this concept of gene modification, but let's talk about the counter arguments from some of our listeners who might not somehow agree with us. So Pujish, can you think of any counter argument to gene modification? Is there any downside to it? Is there any cons? I mean, of course, like anything else you can, you can use it in the wrong ways. Like, uh, well, Ishan cleared that out, like, like cloning isn't happening, but then you can still like, uh, you know, create, for example, people that you, you use them as soldiers. This is just an example of the, uh, how it can be bad. And then you, you know, you modify their genes for uh humongous, uh, you know, physical ability, which is, which is not, uh, not, you know, a bad thing if somebody has a physical ability. But then if you use them, if you weaponize that, then that becomes an, becomes an issue. So of course there are as- aspects of that, but then that's true of everything. You can literally weaponize anything. You can even weaponize ideology. Wow. Uh, as has happened, believe me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> medievals is a very good example of that. Um, so, so yeah, with anything else, you can weaponize it. And that's one of the, one of the greatest, uh, threats. So that's where the regulations comes in. Uh, you can, you can not know what to do, what you're doing in the initial stages and kill, kill a person simply. Exactly. And that's it. So, so yeah, of course there are risks. And that's why these regulations exist. As Ishan mentioned, they exist so we can trust as people 
we can trust in the process. And that's a good thing. So we keep an eye on the process. We monitor them. But at the, on the other hand, because this is becoming a topic of, you know, uh, scaring people sometimes through some, some mediums, uh, I want to make sure, like, people understand that this, like anything else, again, isn't inherently a bad thing or an evil thing. It just depends on how you use it. Wow. So it all comes down to, so I don't want to put in a stop to something that is beautiful because some asshole went and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> so true. So true. You man. know what I mean? So, so, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's just a notion of being aware of the situation. Absolutely. Great. Ishan, what do you think about this matter? The downside to gene modification from your perspective? I think one of the biggest things that we did bring up was, are we playing God? And I think that is one of the biggest roadblocks to gene editing right now. Um, and it's not, it's a concerning voice by a lot of people that if I can modify and, you know, design a baby, what, what it did give rise to was the fact that people believe that there was a concept of eugenics that might come back where you could actually, you're kind of profiling your baby, you're trying to make it desirable traits. And that might be similar to what Hitler was trying to do back in the day. Wow. Right. He was selecting for the Aryans with the blue eyes and stuff like that. But obviously I'm sure that's not the purpose that we're trying to make these babies. What we're trying to do is get making sure that these babies when they're born don't have that kind of diseases that they might be passed on from their parents but again because of so the, the amount of misinformation that's around us and the, the social media and what we read around us people might get really scared by these kind of things so again with as as you mentioned with any kind of technology is about debating the pros and cons of it there needs to be a proper discussion among people from all walks of life before anything can be done because I think debate and discussion is really important for these kind of things to move forward. Interesting. And I got one more controversial question here, and that's about the link between uh, gene modification and racism. I mean, let's be honest. Race is linked directly to DNA codes. And, uh, of course, race isn't just about your DNA, but, of course, it's a huge, huge aspect of it. So don't you think that, first you projects, that uh, somehow trying to uh, tinker with gene modification could actually lead to racism among humanity? So you know, let me... Give this straight because that's one aspect, one thing that gene editing can do. So it's not it, like, again, I don't want to throw everything in a bag and put it on the garbage bin because of one aspect. We can limit the one aspect if, if we have to. That's the first part. The second part is, yes, of course, as, as uh, Ishan mentioned, yeah, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, racist idea of Hitler was was what we know it was so uh, of course it's not it's not a good thing but then i'm pretty sure a lot if you give that if you uh, you know democratize that sort of then you wouldn't have a problem because people of all races as sean mentioned everybody gets a say in it and even if you're designing your own baby you might like different colors different colors of eyes different colors of hairs and you, you can do whatever and if if everybody wants to go a direction well that's perfectly fine Interesting. But the idea is the idea with racism is that everybody gets uh, gets to choose. Mm -hmm. you, you know, so so the the problem with racism is that, that they don't get to choose. Exactly. If they do get to choose. My my most important concern with all of these sexism, racism, all of these isms, is that we <laughs> give people isms. choices. Yeah, we give people choices. We give people liberty. We give people freedom. Wow. They can live their lives regardless of what they are, sex, uh, even if they're not human. I don't care. <laughs> if they, we're going to talk about this in the future, even if they're even if they're synthetic beings. Wow, that's then, quite amazing. So, so, so I don't really care as long as you're conscious enough to fool me to be conscious. That's fine by me. 
Wow. So you're saying that when we democratize this whole gene modification, therefore there is no racism because we have a choice here to make. It actually kind yeah, of reminds me of like some role playing games when you like start designing your hero at the beginning of the game, like you have to give him some, some right. uh, looks and appearance. That's exactly like that. Like we are going to somehow create that in the society for uh, our children. It's pretty amazing overall. So Ishan, what do you think about the link between gene modification and racism? So one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, uh, it's kind of funny, is because the founder of one of the engineering technologies recently said that she had a nightmare that, you know, the people, once this technology goes uh, goes to, you know, the wrong hands, people might actually start doing things things like these, where, you know, you're picking the, the, the baby that you're looking for, you know, you're basically abusing the technology, which is kind of funny because she was like, okay, maybe we should not get too far ahead of ourselves and start editing babies for now because people might misuse this and, you know, that might kind of promote things like racism, like you mentioned. That's right. But uh, as Pujik mentioned, I think it's all about how you're actually utilizing the technology. And as long as it's not falling in the wrong hands, as long as there's sensible discussion, I don't see it promoting racism. Because again, we need to see why the technology was first built in the first place. It is for the betterment of medical research, helping cure diseases, helping make our agriculture and livestock better. So we really have to take it with a pinch of salt when people say, oh, you know, this is going to start promoting racism. I honestly feel that if it falls in the right hands and it's, it's used sensibly by the public, things like these won't happen. But again, you never know what could happen in the next few years. Wow. So I hope that doesn't happen, obviously. Fantastic. Great there, There's also here. another problem with uh, designer babies, and that's when in the future, everybody's going to look alike. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Literally, that happens a lot. Think about it. So uh, now let's just go for the last question before we wrap the conversation. And the last one for you, Pujix, is from all of these uh, different uh, implementations of gene modification, which ones are you personally the most interested in? As I mentioned, the most the, the most immediate interest that I have is the uh, curation of diseases and also uh, livestock, uh, crops, and all that. Because uh, or like mosquitoes that uh, Ishan was mentioning, these are like serious issues that we learn to live with them, but they're 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 really serious. So we can exactly. we can actually so we we are investing ahead of the time to save a lot of money later on which we're putting, as Vishan mentioned, billions and billions of dollars in each of these areas that we have problems in, in terms of diseases, so we can shift that uh, into better use. So that's my uh, my most interesting area of this. I'm most interested in this area, basically, in, in this topic Great of gene that's fantastic. And Ishan, your, mo- your most favorite uh, aspect of gene modification for yourself personally? So one thing uh, that I would like to tell the listeners about is to look up this really cool technology that I was talking about in gene editing. It's called CRISPR-Cas9. And why I mentioned that is because I'm really excited for this gene editing technology to help solve a lot of these single gene uh, diseases that are caused. Uh, we have a lot of trials that are starting related to cancer, sickle cell anemia. That's so right. I can't wait for more exciting and positive results to come out of that. That's amazing. Would you say just the name of this technology one more time? So it's called CRISPR-Cas9. CRISPR-Cas9. Right. And uh, if, if it's people who like, they can always look up what CRISPR-Cas9 is a really cool cut and paste mechanism that is currently called the, the invention of the century in the biotech field. Wow. Quite amazing. Fantastic. So we're in our time here. Now let's go for a final comment. So Pujix, after all that we talked uh, during this program, what is now your final comment and conclusion? 
so yeah, it, it's 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 a hard subject to conclude on because the sub the the, the area itself hasn't concluded. On exactly, it's just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm really reluctant to make any conclusions, but like the idea is like yeah, let's let's go and open our, our minds to the possibilities rather than the you know dystopian versions of the Hollywood and all that. So let's uh, and and of course we gotta be aware. That's where the uh, regulations come in. We keep an eye on the situation. We shouldn't we shouldn't feel too comfortable about it. Of course, that's that's uh, that's just wrong. And then um, then I'm I'm really excited to see what this uh, technology brings us. Oh, me too, my man. Anishan, what is your final comment after all that we talked about today in our program? So I think gene editing is really exciting. I really hope it does a lot of good things in the coming future. And I really hope that, you know, even through the medium of this episode or whatever people read in their daily lives, there's a lot more awareness of what gene editing is instead of, uh, you know, the misinformation that we pick up. So it'd be, it'd be awesome if a lot more people can start reading about what gene editing is, what is actually happening that will help benefit the society in the future. Quite amazing. And I really enjoyed this show. Of course, uh, the content was quite uh, advanced and specialized. But regardless, it's a true fact that is going to affect every single one of us in the coming decades. And this whole issue will get uh, basically more and more into the spotlight as we uh, go further, because obviously the research is being done right now. And we're going to see how this will eventually affect our societies around the world. And uh, first of all, I want to thank both you, Pujix, for being here and arranging the whole thing. I mean, like, really appreciate it. And of course, you, Ashan, thank, uh, thank you for being here for the first time. We really benefited from your wisdom and knowledge. It's a pleasure, Dan and Kujix. That's right. Fantastic. And of course, that's all the time we have for. If you have any comments, please leave it on our website. We're currently available on all major podcast platforms, iTunes, Podbean, uh, Google Play, and of course on YouTube. And this was all the time we have for. My name is Daniel Mulgan, and we hope to see you guys in our future shows. Thank you very much. <laughs>